Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Busy Mom Podcast. My name is Heidi St. John, and I am here today with Dorinda Wilson, and you have found us at my little corner of the internet yes. here at the Busy Mom. Um, we are excited today because we have uh, Melissa Crabtree back in the house. She hey, Melissa. Back. Yay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who did not hear uh, the last podcast that we did with Melissa, Melissa is uh, not only a, a dear friend of mine um, and a co-worker in the Lord with me, but she is also uh, really active in her uh, children's church ministry, and she works with children with disabilities. And so I had invited her to come on the podcast and really help moms, just ordinary uh, families, understand how they can meet the needs of these precious families and their children. And so that was the the context of our last podcast. But I really wanted, I asked Melissa if she would come back and talk with Dorinda and me today about the culture. And really, it's kind of a culture, Dorinda and I were talking about this earlier, it's really a culture of death mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're fighting right now for the rights of the unborn, right? Uh, not to be torn from their mother's wombs mm-hmm. and ripped limb from limb or salt poisoned to death. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this was because I was writing, I'm in the middle of, of writing a book right now, and I was working at the library the other day, and I took a break, and our library has this little room where they have dollar books. So right. of course, I'm a homeschool mom, <laughs> that's where I go. <laughs> so I went into the dollar book room, and I saw the story of Terry Schiavo uh, on a shelf. It's called A Life That Matters, The Legacy of Terry Schiavo, Lesson for Us All. And I remember... Uh, I'm sure you guys do. Mm-hmm. Melissa, do you remember the story of Terry uh, Schiavo? This mm-hmm. happened uh, uh, many years ago. I believe that Terry Schiavo died uh, in 2005. So okay. it's been several years since she died. But essentially, she had a traumatic, what appears to be a, a stroke or a traumatic brain injury. Something happened and left her in what's called a persistent vegetative state. Mm. And even though she uh, she could breathe and she could, you know, uh, her family says that she could follow them with her eyes, that kind of thing, she couldn't live without a feeding tube. And the fight ensued between uh, the husband, Michael uh, Schiavo, and the Schindler family, Terry's parents, who wanted to keep her alive because, and here's mm-hmm. the kicker, mm-hmm. they saw value in her life. Right. They thought her life was valuable. And... Uh, and her husband wanted her life to be over. And I'm sure it was painful for him to watch her. I'm not here to, to speak to his uh, his emotions. But the, the facts of the case are that he wanted the feeding tube removed from his wife so that she would die, mm-hmm. which in fact happened eventually. Right. Um, but, but they fought him in the courts for, it sounds like, about 12 years wow. uh, to try to save sure. the life of their daughter. And in the end, uh, even the Pope intervened, uh, uh, then Governor Bush, who was the governor of Florida, intervened, and no one could save this woman from what can only be described as judicial tyranny. And the mm. judge eventually sided with Michael Schiavo, Terry's husband, and they removed her feeding tube and she ultimately starved to death. Mm. And, uh, you know, my grandfather died several years ago, uh, not because we removed a feeding tube from him, but because he couldn't eat. Right. And he, you know, he died slow. It's it's a hard thing to watch somebody in that kind of a condition. And it was a gut-wrenching story. Hmm. And I thought, you know, it's a similar thing listening to uh, Melissa tell uh, some of these stories about these kids uh, that our culture largely looks at, at um, people with disabilities and we think, oh, they, they their life doesn't matter mm-hmm. or we determine what the quality of life looks like. Right. Instead of being a culture that affirms and celebrates 
and um, appreciates life. Psalm 139, 13 says, for you formed my inward part. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book was written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was not one of them. And I love it that basically what this verse is telling us is that God creates all life Mm -hmm. on purpose. That's right. And that it begins in the womb. And uh, Melissa, you were telling us a story when we were um, on a break a few minutes ago about your daughter and communicating with one of these special needs kids. Can you uh, kind of relay that story for our listeners? I thought it was really neat how uh, you have taught your daughter to respond to these children. Sure. Megan is a sweet friend of ours that uh, we go to church with, and she's in my Sunday school class, and she has cerebral palsy, and she is nonverbal. Um, she makes a fair amount of noise, but she doesn't <laughs> say words that we understand. And she uh, at, she's four or five years older than Maddie. And at this point, Maddie was four or five years old. And Megan is is uh, not strong on her left side, her left um left arm and left leg don't have much strength or control, but her right side is fairly strong, and she has a pretty good right hook, we like to call it, when we talk about her. <laughs> and she, uh, Maddie, walked up to her one day, and Megan slapped her really hard in the face. Ooh. And Maddie's, she, she just, got, it was just a perfect connection. You know, Maddie was in the exact right spot, and Megan just <laughs> caught her right off the bat. And those of us who know Megan are used to this, but it did not happen to Maddie. And as young as she was, I thought, oh, what's she going to do? And her immediate response, she said, Mom, that's okay. She said, that's just how Megan loves me. Mm. And she knew right off the bat that Megan, her heart was not unkind toward mm-hmm. her. She wasn't mm-hmm. being mean. She just, she's going to love us a little bit differently. And mm. she was patient and forgiving. And it was just really sweet just to see how much she was willing to let her love her differently. Mm. And it's really just teaching her to have the heart of Christ toward someone who's different and someone mm-hmm. who is as no less valuable. And we've talked about this many times uh, at the podcast um, that, you know, it's our responsibility as believers to behave the way that Christ would want us right. to behave, mm-hmm. to to be his hands and feet. I like what Melissa said uh, mm-hmm. in the last podcast that we're that we are basically being uh, Jesus with skin right down here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we are his hands and feet. I love there's a story in Luke 14. Uh, that kind of illustrates this point. Luke fourteen twelve says, um, he said also to the man who invited them, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. Rather, when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. Mm-hmm. For you mm-hmm. will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. And I love this because it's basically saying that people who know Christ are called to act differently Mm -hmm. and that God's inviting us to have a party that includes people of all walks of life to be involved wherever we can. And it's giving us kind of an example of what that looks like. Right. And we, we talk about defending the defenseless and, um, but that can look so many different ways. And Mm -hmm. I think this is, this is 
definitely one of those ways mm-hmm. is by ministering to the family, mm-hmm. families that have the special needs kids and and ministering to the, the kids themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all our way of saying we value life. Yeah, that's right. And speaking of, of that, I want to touch on something else. Um, uh, we're talking, you know, we've, we've spoken now for several minutes about how uh, we can minister to a mom who has a child with special needs. How do you minister to a mom who's lost a child? So this Mm. is a completely different kind Mm. of grief. And I thought um, Melissa made a good point a few moments ago. Um, And maybe, Melissa, you can touch on this again, and then I want to talk to you about Isaac. But Mm. I I was thinking, um, Melissa, you were saying um, when we – when we go to uh, minister to a mom who's dealing with a child with special needs like this, she is in a process of grieving herself. Right. Uh, why did you say that? Mm-hmm. One of the ways that we notice many of our moms are grieving, and we think, you know, they have a very alive child, but at the same time, they are very much grieving the loss of what they thought life was going to be. Mm-hmm. Most of them did not think that they were going to have a life surrounded or full of therapy and not sleeping through the night or Mm -hmm. seizures or fear of constant seizures or surgeries or, Mm. uh, you know, I mean, it's all encompassing. Every, Mm -hmm. really 24-7 has a completely new meaning meaning when you're parenting a child with special needs, really Mm -hmm. one that we can't even imagine, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are grieving. And then when they're 12, you're, you know, they turn, when your child turns 13, well, for everybody else, that's a really big milestone. But when your child turns 13, really, it may not be at all. Or it's a huge milestone of what your child is not attaining at 13. that's right. Or, you know, things like that. When your child turns 21, Mm -hmm. well, your child at 21 is just graduating from high school and moving into a system that really doesn't care well for our special needs adults. Mm -hmm. So then you have nothing. You don't have any idea what to do with them. And other your other typical children are graduating from college and Mm -hmm. beginning a life, whereas Mm -hmm. there's kind of no idea what to do with your child with special needs. So... Every one of those milestones is a reminder of mm-hmm. what their life is not. Right. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think we can be the hands and feet of Jesus just by coming alongside these moms and just hugging them, maybe acknowledging, mm-hmm. you know, I know this is hard. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, Dorinda, you guys have walked through a season of grief. Your daughter, mm-hmm. uh, Brittany, lost her first uh, little guy. It's been about yeah. two years now, hasn't it? Almost exactly been two weeks. Yeah, he would have been two. Mm-hmm. And, and we, so you've got a little bit of special insight into that. Mm-hmm. And I know you've learned the hard way, really, for mm-hmm. lack of a better right, a way to say right. it. Um, how do you walk a mom uh, who's lost a baby right. uh, through a season of grieving? Well, I think Melissa's suggestion was really was really good. It, it, it all ties together, and that is don't assume that you know mm-hmm. or even that you can't help that person. Yeah. But go to them and ask them what you can do. Yeah. You know, And sometimes mm-hmm. um, I know for our daughter it was important – that we, um, it's important that we always remember that child, you mm-hmm. know, that we acknowledge that child. And you talked about that, Melissa, just acknowledging the child, you mm-hmm. know, and even though the mm-hmm. child's not here, you, there's things you can do acknowledging a birthday, yeah. you know, um, mm-hmm. you can uh, do things like, you know, sit and look at pictures. Most of the time, yeah. these moms will have pictures taken of the yeah. baby. And, and that's not an easy thing to do if you've never done that yep. before. But it is doable, and you mm-hmm. can pray and ask the Lord for strength to do it. And mm-hmm. um, I think the important thing is 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 I is the acknowledgement. You mm-hmm. know, just never never acting like 
it didn't happen. Well, to put yourself no. in the in the position of the mom who hasn't lost a baby, mm-hmm. and she's thinking that the best thing that she can do is just not talk not about talk it. about she's it. She's thinking they right. don't want to talk. And that's about actually it. the really, worst thing. I think thing the you can opposite do. is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they, I used to teach childbirth classes, and uh-huh. we, and I unfortunately, you know, several of those women. Uh, because the you know because of odds lost babies mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things that I learned through that process was they wanted to talk about it they were eager for you to come up and just say mm-hmm. how are you doing you know mm-hmm. I remember it's been you know it's been a year and a half since Isaac mm-hmm. died how are you doing right. and to be able to say his name mm-hmm. and not not be afraid that you're going to cause that mom pain because exactly. really you're not going to cause her any more pain than she's already in <laughs> this is very right? true very true and I think the acknowledging is is really validating mm-hmm. to to yeah. The, to the mom. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you're saying, I remember. I, mm-hmm. Melissa? I think with our moms of special needs and the moms of children who have lost, the moms, I'm sorry, who have lost children, mm-hmm. is acknowledging their feelings even mm-hmm. if we don't understand them, yeah. right. even if they don't make sense to us. Mm-hmm. Like, That's even right. if it's been five years and we think, why are they grieving about that? Well, mm-hmm. it actually makes no difference if we think they should be grieving about that or not. <laughs> yeah, right. So true. they are. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. I think if we can validate where they are and accept where they are, that's how we can love them well. Instead of yeah. telling them they're not supposed to be there anymore. I agree. Well, I, it's going to be okay. I think knowing how that that grief looks a lot of different ways mm-hmm. and, and to, like mm-hmm. you said, just give that mom freedom to grieve the way she needs to grieve and, mm-hmm. and just love her where she's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, just kind of bringing it back to um, where we started this particular uh, broadcast is to uh, remind our listeners that that God puts an incredible value on human life. He and he doesn't put any disclaimers on that right. human life. He never says, you know, human life is valuable if they don't have seizures. Human right. life is valuable if they're not <laughs> blind, you know. No or exceptions. They, yeah. yeah. Jesus loves us all unconditionally and loves us all the same. And I think we do um, our culture a terrible disservice mm-hmm. when we put ourselves in the position of a judge and jury and executioner even over the lives of these people who we do not deem as important mm-hmm. or as valuable or as of worth mm-hmm. to the culture. And so, so and important. we even say... Say that again. We even say it doesn't matter if it's a boy or girl as long as they're healthy. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. How often do we say that? Yeah. Right. Uh, Yeah. I never even thought about that. Yeah. You know, I was kind of talking about because our daughter is, we're two years into it. I was kind of thinking, you know, someone who knows somebody who's a little ways down the road. But I want to say that if you, if you're in a situation with a friend or somebody, you know, who loses a child, um, and at that time when they lose the child, um, one of the best things that um, people ha- did was to 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 send flowers, mm-hmm. to send balloons, mm-hmm. and to say congratulations, you know, mm-hmm. on your baby, and mm-hmm. just acknowledging you had a child, yeah. you know, and yeah. that life was valuable. Yeah, yeah, life is precious. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Melissa, something else that you have talked to me about many times, and I know that you organize this, is something you called a Luke fourteen party, and we've been talking about how Jesus sees. Uh, these these uh, boys and girls with disabilities, men and women, really, mm-hmm. they're not all mm-hmm. they're not all little. They're right. adults too. Right. And you do something called the Luke fourteen party. Can you tell our listeners what that is? Because I think it's pretty cool. Sure, it's really we just put feet to that Bible verse is what it is. Um, we have a, a huge. It started out a dinner with fifty five guests with special needs, and we had a Hawaiian luau, and that was actually before I was at this church. I wasn't I wasn't there to help with that one. And then what, what we, it, what it has pulled into, and now it's actually a community-wide event. Um, 17 churches participated in the planning of it this last year. What we do is we invite group homes and 
all of the people around our community with, with disabilities and families affected by disability, and they are our honored guests for our party. Mm, um, they, I love that. Uh, we give them gifts. They, they are the main person. We send the invitation to that person in the mail with their name on it. Mm. And their parents and their siblings are allowed to come, but it is for them. They are the kings and queens of our event. Mm. And uh, we serve the food that they would enjoy. And we just have a really big party, and we celebrate them. They, mm. They're the honored guests of our party. And it's just a way to love them and let them know more than anything else. If they don't hear it any other day of the whole year, Jesus loves you, and there's mm. a seat at Jesus' table for them. Wow, such an amazing opportunity for us to be the hands and feet of Christ. And I think we speak uh, to the heart of the Father when we when we do that uh, as men and women, to be like Melissa was saying earlier, Jesus with skin, to just be the hands and feet of the Lord. Well, I hope that this has been uh, a blessing. It's certainly been a blessing for me just to listen to Melissa talk about her heart for uh, families who have children with disabilities and obviously to hear um, your perspective, Dorinda, having lost Isaac. But I hope that listeners really go away from this broadcast with a new appreciation for life, that all life is precious, that all lives matter to the Lord, that He sees us all the same, and that um, He's indifferent to uh, whether or not we have different colored skin or whether or not we come with a certain disability. God loves us all the same, and we can do no less if we claim the name of Jesus. Um, if you would like uh, to get more information on the resources that will help those of you who are finding yourselves in the situation, we're going to link back to some things, some articles, um, certainly some articles at The Busy Mom and also some places off-site that we hope will be an encouragement to you. And we hope you'll take a minute and pass on this podcast uh, to your friends. We'd love to see uh, the podcast continue to grow, and we'd love to get feedback from you on it. So thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you for for being here. It's just been a joy to have you. You know I love you, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. All right, you guys, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you back here again at The Busy Mom Podcast. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.